5, Galatians chapter 5. And we'll direct your attention to verse 22. And we continue in our study through this epistle, this letter to the churches of Galatia. And we're in this section here where the Apostle Paul is comparing a life that is lived, controlled by the flesh, and he paints the picture of the works of the flesh, versus a life that is under the control of the Holy Spirit of God, and how different they would look on the outside. A life that is um, manifested where, where the flesh is controlling is a life of uh, of emulation and wrath and strife and envyings and seditions and, and uh, immorality and hatred and all kinds of, uh, of things like that versus a life that's controlled by the Spirit looks totally different, the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what we're considering in verse 22, and we're taking each of these as they come, and we, we find ourselves uh, on, our, on the third one tonight. Let's look at verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So in Christ, our life should not look like a life lived in the flesh. Our life should look like this, a life under the control of the Holy Spirit. And so we've talked about love and we've talked about joy. And tonight we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit that is peace. Peace is something that uh, I think everybody wants. Uh, nobody really wants, you know, turmoil and, and upheaval and anxiety. Nobody wants that in their life. People want to live a peaceful life, but we live in a day of worry and we live in a day of fear. Um, I, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we walked through COVID and it has really changed a lot of things about our country. And I think you see the, the, the evidence of people who live in fear with something like a sickness, something like a disease that... And pandemic that passes through, there's a lot of fear and a lot of things that, that people live in the way they live that are just crazy, but it's motivated because of fear. And we live in that kind of a day. People have stress and anxiety about money in the economy we're in and jobs. And, and, and a lot of times, sadly, people are fearful and they live in a certain way based on what other people think about them. They live in fear based on what other people think. That's the world that we live in. And worry and fear and stress, it causes torment. And it causes instability in the life. And truthfully, that is not the will of God for His people. In fact, look, hold your place here. Just look in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And look in, at verse 26 and verse 27. John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
in direct connection with the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What is peace exactly? Well, peace is not the power of positive thinking. That's not what it is. Uh, peace is not something that you talk yourself into. You ever tried to do that? Like you don't feel right about something or some situation's off and it's just like you, you want it badly enough and you just try to talk yourself into feeling good about this particular thing. That's not what peace is, not something that you try to talk yourself into. Peace is not a feeling that we conjure up. You hear people talk about it all the time. Well, I just don't feel peace about this. And sometimes that's true when it comes to finding the will of God, that God would give a sense of peace to his, his people. But listen, peace is not a feeling. It's not a feeling that we conjure up. According to Jesus, his peace is connected with the Holy Spirit of God, and it brings with it an untroubled heart. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit of God, something God produces in the life. What is the definition of peace? And again, we're, we're making the contrast here with a life that is controlled or lived by the flesh and a life that's under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. And you ought to ask yourself, does my life look like and is it defined by, by peace in the life? Is that something, is that, something that, that, that dominates in my life, a peaceful heart and mind, or is it something different? What is the definition? It's a quietness. It's a rest. It's freedom from disturbance and agitation. And it carries with it the, the idea of, of, of quietness and rest and this freedom from agitation physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It covers every part of the human uh, being it physically, emotionally, and, and spiritually, this rest and this freedom from agitation. A good working definition of peace is inner calm in the midst of outer storm. Inner calm in the midst of outer storm. Outwardly, Jesus Christ endured one of the most troubled lives a person could ever live. He was persecuted. He was railed on. He was, uh, really, if you were to just examine his life, it would, really would have been a life of storms and a life of turmoil. People did not like Jesus Christ because of truth and because of who he was. And often, you could say wave after wave of trouble broke over his life until the point that he was bruised and beaten and his body was crucified and he was laid in a tomb. That was the life of Jesus Christ. And yet, his inner life, what do you get a sense of as you read the life of Jesus Christ? A life of calm, a life of peace, a life that was smooth, a life that was trusting in his father that's the the idea the the sense you get when you read the life of jesus christ one man said this peace and rest is not some holy feeling that comes upon us in church it is a state of calm rising from a heart that is deeply and firmly established in god 
I think it's a great definition. Because what is it that keeps us stable when life starts to really get out of control as far as trouble and turmoil? What is it that keeps us stable and centered when in reality we want to, our life is just seems like we want to be filled with anxiety or fear? An inner life of quiet and calm and rest in spite of what is raging outwardly is demonstrative of true Christian character because peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And so the Bible has a lot to say regarding peace. We can't cover it exhaustively tonight. The word peace is mentioned 429 times in the Bible. And if we were to look at every one of those references, I'd lose you all. So we're not going to do that. I'm just going to give you a small sample of the command of peace in the Scriptures. The Bible, first of all, tells us and commands us to seek after peace. Look with me in, in, in Psalm 34. Psalm 34. In verse 14, the Bible says, Depart from evil and do good, seek peace, and pursue it. And so we have commands here to depart from evil, to do good in our life, to seek after peace, to pursue it. That word pursue is, is a word that's used of a hunter searching after, seeking after his prey. He's on the hunt. That's how we're supposed to pursue or, or, or go after peace in the life. 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse 11. The Bible says here, 1 Peter 3.11, Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. That comes from the Old Testament, Psalm 34, that we just read. And so we have this command to seek after peace in life. And that's not always easy to do. We have peace in our own life, but we also have peace with others that we're supposed to seek after. Sometimes it's hard with people to be at peace. I was just over in Kodiak fishing. By the way, it's good to be home. Good to see all of you. I had a great time. One of the things that was interesting was our boat captain was a really, really surly guy. Like, whoa, kind of a guy. And the kind of guy that so particular about how he wants things done and no patience if you don't do it the way he wants it done. And, and there were four of us that were fishing in the boat, and constantly there was something, some snarky comment that he would make when somebody messed something up, and it wasn't even that big of a deal, but he was just kind of a cranky guy. And he would make comments like, I'm speaking English here, do you understand it? And it's like, whoa, sorry, buddy, okay. And it really was the kind of guy, like, you're just walking on eggshells all around the boat. We still had a great time because we hammered the fish. It was fun. But he was a guy that was really hard to seek after peace with because of his personality and because of his demeanor and so on. But you know what? We're commanded in the Scriptures to seek after it. Not just in our own soul, but with other people. God has a lot to say about peace about the life of a Christian, to do good, to eschew evil, to seek after peace. God is a God of peace, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. We're commanded to follow after peace. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're real close here, just flip over to 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so the command is to follow after peace. We have several references. We won't take the time to read all of these, but the Word of God commands us to live in peace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 2 Corinthians 13, and look at verse 11. The Bible says here, finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. The command to live one with another in peace. In Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, in Romans 12, it's in the context here, the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, members of the body and how we ought to function in relationships one with another in the church. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, he says, If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. That's not always easy to do. As much as lieth within you, to seek after it. First Thessalonians 5.13, we find another command of living in peace. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 13, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And we could read in several other passages of Scripture where the Word of God commands us to live in peace. And so we find just a small sample here to seek after peace, to follow after peace, to live in peace. But who is qualified and who is authorized to speak of and to offer this peace? There's nobody except he that is called the Prince of Peace, or the God of Peace, whose ministers are the messengers of peace, whose word is the gospel of peace, whose way is the path of peace. All peace originates and has its beginnings with God Himself. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but in every one of these messages regarding the fruit of the Spirit, it always begins with and is, is, it begins with and is all-inclusive with God, God Himself. You don't have peace without God. Jesus said, it's my peace. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and verse 33, the Bible says this, listen. It says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. What is God the author of? He's the author of peace. It all begins with and is all-inclusive with God. Satan is the one who would like for you to have frustration in your life and worry in your life and fear as a description of your life. Think with me. What does your life look like? Does fear describe you? Where fear is a constant thing or anxiety is a constant thing in your life, Satan is the one who wants you to have frustration and have fear as a description of your life. Listen, that is confusion. And that is not what God authors. God is not the author of that. He's the author of peace. We're going to look at a couple of things here because the breakdown of peace in Scripture can be divided up into two parts or two statements. We can talk about peace with God and the peace of God. It all originates with God, 
but comes to the child of God. And so let's talk about a couple of these, the peace with God. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse 1. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God has to come first before you can have the peace of God. It can only come about through peace with God, only comes about through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. In our natural state, you know this, we are enemies of God. There is no peace there. There is no peace in the soul when we are enemies with God. There's a lot of people who have professions of faith, who, who call themselves Christians, but they're people who don't have any peace in their heart. Maybe they've been, quote, saved for a long time, but they can't ever find peace in their soul. They always seem to struggle. They always seem to have turmoil inside, and they wonder, why can't I have any peace? Or why don't I have peace in my soul? When God is the author of peace... And there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe it's because that person is still in their natural state. They're still enemies of God. They're still condemned because of their sin. The wrath of God still abides on them. And they can't ever find peace in their soul because they don't have peace with God yet. But this verse says, in Christ Jesus, notice this, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have it. We have peace with God. That little verb there, we have, is in the present indicative active sense. And you're like, I don't know what that means, Pastor. That means nothing to me. Well, it means this. It means that I have peace today, I'm going to have peace tomorrow, and I'm going to have peace the next day, and I'm going to have peace forever after if I'm in the Lord. That's what it means. I'm always going to have it. The present tense means that it's continuous in its duration and its action. The indicative voice means that it's, that it's a fact, that you can take it to the bank, and there's never ever a time when it's going to be gone and the active voice means the subject is acted upon or doing the acting. In other words, God is giving His peace to me. And He always will. I don't know about you, but that causes me to rejoice. It brings relief to me because you know what? When I leave this life, there's no condemnation and there's no fear of where I'm going to be because I have peace with God. Do you? Do you have peace with God? Is there peace in your soul truly? There are a lot of people today who try to tell you that they can that you can lose your salvation. But the word of God tells us and and the word of God says that when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I eternally have peace with God. There's a lot of people who say that they're Christians and they understand that they should have peace in their life, and they try to conjure up these feelings of peace that they're saved. They try to talk themselves into it. Maybe standing after a message on Sunday, and the Spirit of God has been convicting them, but it's an invitation time, and they're just talking themselves into the fact that they're truly saved. Or maybe it's during the week. 
when they're all alone with their thoughts, and they don't want to be all alone with their thoughts. They need noise, and they need distractions, because when they're alone with their thoughts, that's when the true heart begins to come out, and it torments them. Do you know peace in your soul? Peace with God. Because the Word of God says, I have peace. Peace is when there is no more war with God. There's no more conflict in the soul between me and the Father. And once we're saved, we are no longer under the bondage and the guilt of sin that brings the wrath of God. We're the sons of God. And God gives us His peace. And so true peace comes from making peace with God. Amen? How do we do that? By receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior and repentance toward God. Do you know peace with God? The second is the peace of God. And this is where we'll spend the rest of our time tonight. But look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Some time ago, we did a series of messages on this passage here, which was challenging and encouraging to me. And I went back and I looked at a few of those thoughts. And I was struck again by verses 6 and 7, where the Bible says, Be careful for nothing. Be full of care and worry and fear over anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. After salvation, we have the peace with God. Amen? After salvation, we can also have the peace of God, that, that should be a characteristic of our life and is a result of walking in the Spirit. Again, what's the definition of peace? It is quietness. It is rest. It is freedom from disturbance and agitation. It, it has the meaning of, of physically, emotionally, and spiritually at rest. But according to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, where is peace located? Somebody tell me. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, it keeps your what? Heart. heart and your what? Mind. Your mind. The peace of God keeps your heart and your mind. This is where peace is located, in the heart and in the mind. Not peace from external difficulties or trials, but rest and calm in the heart and mind in spite of difficulty and trial. How many people live in such a way that they're only at peace when everything is going so well and so smooth? It's the only time they're at rest. And that doesn't happen very often or very long. And so their life is basically lived in anxiety and fear, right? Because that's hap that happens most of the time. The Word of God tells us, and Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, the peace of God, it keeps your heart and your mind. Not peace from external trouble. I think we all know a good example. Job is a great example of that. I love using Job as an illustration 
His life was full of external difficulty, wasn't it? But notice something in Job 23. Go over there. Job 23. Look at verse... Well, let's start in verse 8. Job 23. I should get to Job. I'm in Psalm. Look at verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. He's, 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 his life is in this place where it seems like he can't find God. But notice what his heart was toward God in verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. What a statement to make in a life that was just full of upheaval. Job lost his family, lost his health, lost his wealth. Even, even his wife turned her back on him. All of these things were, were characteristic of Job's life. And, he, and he's like, sometimes I don't even know where God is, but I know that he knows the way that I take. And I know this about God, that when he's tried me, I shall come forth as gold. What a calm spirit in the midst of trouble. Peace is located in the heart and in the mind, not free from external difficulty, but rest and calm in spite of that. How is that peace obtained then in our life? Well, we know that peace is a fruit of the Spirit, right? That means we have to yield to the Holy Spirit of God, and He produces that in our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to turn over there, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And look at verse 23. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a statement that Paul makes to the church in Thessalonica. And he says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great verse, but the context of this verse is actually from verse 12 all the way through verse 23, and the context is really the summary of the Christian life or summary of the Christian duty. He says, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Peace is the result here, he says. Now we exhort you, brethren... Warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. What's he talking about here? 
He's talking about submission to the Holy Spirit of God in our life and His sanctification process in our life is something that brings about the peace of God in your life. This is great. This is good news for the child of God because all you've got to do is just submit to the Holy Spirit. That's all you got to do. You can't conjure it up and you can't work it up. You can't talk yourself into it. What you need to do is simply submit yourself to the Spirit of God. If, you're not, if your life isn't characterized by peace, and it seems like there's just so much chaos or anxiety or fear in your life, this might be an area of your life that you are not really submitting to the Spirit of God. And the result is you don't have peace. Conflict comes when we resist the Spirit of God, when we won't give up control. Notice this, when we have to control everything because that's where we think we're going to be safe. Think about this. People want safety. They want to feel security. They want to feel safe. And so they've got to control all the circumstances because that's where they, are. they feel like if they're in control, then that's how they're going to be safe. When God wants you to simply let it go and to submit to Him and to trust Him, and that's when the peace and that's when the safety comes. Not yielding grieves the Holy Spirit of God and voids us of the peace that he has to offer. Does that make sense? You see that? People want to control everything because they feel like if they can control it, then they're going to be safe. When it's just the opposite, God wants you to let it go and yield it to him. And look at Hebrews chapter 13. I'm almost done here. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. Hebrews 13 and 20 is talking about yielding to the goodwill of God. He says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He says here, the God of peace, He will make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. Where, where, where do I fit in to that? Where does the word I come in there? It doesn't. It's about yielding to His will and Him working in you and Him making you to do the things that are pleasing in His sight. Even, listen, even when it's not the thing that I've imagined for myself. Do you know what? That God knows what is the perfect fit for you and for me, and I don't. Like, we can have our plans and we can, have, we can make plans, but you know what? God knows what the perfect fit is. And we can really mess our life up. We can mess our life up a great deal 
When we start to put our hands and our fingers on things and control this and manipulate that and go here and do that and get this job and do this and all these things, and we can mess our life up a great deal because we're not submitting to the goodwill of God and letting Him do that which is pleasing in His sight. God knows what the perfect fit is. Well, I just don't see it. I just don't, I just know how that's going to work. I just don't see how this could be. We don't know what the perfect fit is. Some people would say, well, I could never go and do that. Well, you're right, you can't. You can't do what God wants you to do on your own. You've got to submit it to Him. Most of the time, though, it's I don't want to do that. But see, here it is, in yielding, in yielding to the Lord, and trusting in the Lord and letting it go, we find this thing called amazing grace that brings about amazing peace. Whereas when we go with what we think and we lean on our own understanding, that's when we mess it up. In Isaiah 26 and verse 3, one of my favorite verses, says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That word perfect, it means complete. The word stayed, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That word means to prop. It means to support. It means it's fixed. It has the meaning or carries the meaning of a pier or a foundation, something that's unmovable, whose mind is stayed. It's on thee. When God is the support, our mind is fixed on him. Guess what the result is? Peace. The peace of God. Calm. Even in the midst of the storm, the peace of God really comes Ultimately, when we are simply obedient to His Word, trusting in His promises, and yielding to His Spirit, that's when peace comes. But fear usually grips us when we either ignore or we forget what God has said. And we try to take the reins ourselves. But if we will just simply walk in the Spirit, it's all you got to do. The result is peace. We have peace peace, the peace of God. It's been said, peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of God. Whatever that is, even when it's hard, it may not feel like it in the moment, but that's why we're not to be controlled by our feelings, amen, but trusting in His promises. He's promised His perfect peace. All we have to do is walk in the Spirit. Amen? Does your life characterized by peace? Or is your life characterized by fear, anxiety, turmoil on the inside? Maybe it's something we need to yield to the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your peace. The peace that passes all understanding, that keeps safe our heart and our mind, through Christ Jesus, even in the middle of trouble and trial and uncertainty, the unknowns. We don't have to live in anxiety and fear. We can be at calm and rest in the soul, knowing 
knowing that my God will never leave me nor forsake me, knowing that he promised if I will acknowledge him that he would direct my steps. These are promises that are sure. I have peace from the Lord when I simply yield to your spirit. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to grow in our Christian life. And, and Lord, may our lives be characterized by this peace of God. And, Lord, I pray that you bless your people. Lord, help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.